We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It is January 22nd, Monday, and I will be flying solo with you this evening. And we are going to go over some overrated and underrated players from the AL Central, kind of picking up on the series we started last week when we went over players from the AL East. But first, we got some headlines to get to this time. And a lot of closer and or reliever-related headlines we need to cover. Um, Josh Hader, five years, $95 signing with the Astros. Kind of the buzz with the Astros wasn't ever – really there until right up into the point that a, the deal happened, it seemed. And they had the introductory press conference today. Um, the Astros did with Josh Hader. And it seemed like it was last Tuesday, he said. That's when they started. He started. He, he decided at that point um, – that he was going to go aggressively after Josh Hader. Um, that was also the same day that the Astros announced that Kendall Graveman was having season-ending shoulder surgery. So probably not a coincidence there, but I think it took everyone by, su- by surprise that they, not that they added a bullpen piece, but they added one of the magnitude of Josh Hader, given that they already had Ryan Presley at the back end of that bullpen. Um, at least so far, uh, I didn't see any comments today or at the press conference about anybody asking Joe Espada, the new um, new new skipper with the Astros, how he planned to utilize uh, the back end of that bullpen. Um, he has mentioned that, or, or not not. Not Espada didn't specifically mention, but Chandler Rome of the Athletic wrote that Espada has basically said that he's in favor of defined roles in the bullpen, and he has the makings of a manager who plans to name a closer prior to the season. Um, Josh Hader certainly isn't going to sign a ninety-five million dollar deal, which fell short of the Edwin Diaz record, but in present day value because of Diaz's. Uh, deferrals 
it's actually worth more money present day value as far as setting the reliever record. Anyway, he's not going to sign as a, as a setup man. Um, there's a chance, maybe I guess, that he could be used sometimes earlier in games if the situation calls for it. Um, he is out of those, those three high le- leverage relievers in Houston, along with Brian Presley and Brian Abreu, the only lefty. So it's possible if you know Freddie Freeman and and Shohei Otani are due up in the. Seventh inning with a run, one run lead. Maybe he goes to Josh Hader, but I have a feeling that Josh Hader is going to be receiving ninety five percent of those save chances. Um, really hurts the value of Ryan Presley. Obviously, if you used a pick on him in early drafts already, um, I mean, I think Ryan Presley is good enough to where he could still have some deep league value as a kind of a kind of a ratio stabilizer, but he's basically undraftable in shallower leagues at this point. And um, yeah, I think he's perfectly fine with the still as a deep league play, but as is Brian Abreu, I actually like given their new roles with hater aboard, I actually like Brian Abreu as a deeper league play over Ryan Presley simply because I think it, in both of their respective careers, I think Brian Abreu has, has a little bit more ability. Um, but yeah, big hit to Ryan Presley's uh, fantasy outlook for 2024. Great situation for Josh Hader. Uh, he has been almost exclusively, I think maybe actually exclusively, a one-inning reliever for several years now, which... I think is actually a good thing for fantasy, um, but he's going to be among the elite of the elite relievers in fantasy drafts again for 2024. Um, another reliever signing, Robert Stevenson signed a three-year, $33 million deal with the Angels. Angels finally coming out and spending a little money of, of the the savings they got from letting Shohei walk. Um, and... Uh, Stevenson, is he going to close in Anaheim? I think he probably will. Um, Carlos Estevez was really good in the first half last year. Um, Really bad after the All-Star break. Uh, Robert Stevenson kind of took the exact opposite path. Um, He went from... The Pirates to the Rays and just absolutely took off with the Rays. The as the Rays are often do with relievers, they figured out a a recipe that worked for Stevenson. He went cutter heavy down the stretch in Tampa Bay. Um, posted a two three five ERA, zero point six eight WHIP, sixty to eight strikeout to walk rate in thirty eight and one third innings. Just absolutely dominant down the stretch. Among pitchers with at least 50 innings, Stevenson's 24.8% swing strike rate was the highest in all of baseball. And it actually wasn't even particularly close. Um, So he was a little worse against um, lefties than righties last year. Actually quite a bit, but not lefties didn't exactly destroy him. Uh, They had a kind of a league average-ish. OPS, 
dominated dominated righties. I don't think the platoon splits are that big of a deal. I mean, the cutter, which is as I mentioned, what he used mostly down the stretch when he had the the dominant stretch of games. That's a pitch that generally neutralizes lefties pretty well for for right-handed pitchers. So I don't, I don't think we really need to worry about platoon splits. I mean, obviously the main worry with Stevenson is he was very mediocre prior to this just dominant stretch with the Rays. You know, on the other hand, he, you know, he sometimes that's all you need is just a, an organization to point you in the right direction, find, discover a new pitch, whatever it may be. Um, but obviously there's some risk giving the, given the, lack of track record with him, but I do think that actually could be present a buying opportunity, a good buying opportunity in fantasy. Um, because if he's anywhere close to what he was down the stretch, that's a potentially dominant reliever and dominant fantasy closer. Um, that deal, I don't, I don't believe is official yet. And I've not seen anything from, New manager Ron Washington in Anaheim about his potential bullpen usage. Um, from his managing days, though, with the Rangers, I, from what I recall, he's a pretty traditional bullpen deployment guy. So I think he'll probably name a closer. Uh, and I, I would guess that that's going to be Stevenson. Uh, another signing was Yariel Rodriguez went to the Blue Jays. Um, he has been a reliever most recently. He did not pitch in 2023. Um, he his, had been um, pitching over in Japan uh, after defecting from Cuba, and he since went back to uh, – he's living in the Dominican Republic for a while. Um, did not pitch in 2023, was dominant as a reliever in Japan in 2022, but he has plenty of past experience from his days in Cuba as a starter. And it sounds like that's the route the Blue Jays are going to take with him, at least initially, because his workload has been truncated and he needs to be built back up. It's going to be kind of a transition year for him, I think. I don't know exactly uh, what their plan is as far as stretching him out goes, whether they might consider doing that in the minors as a starter or if they might consider more of a long relief role. That, that would be difficult, I think, to, to stretch him out that way. Um, but I think we'll gain more clarity on that probably during spring training, hopefully a little before. But because of the uncertainty of – how he's going to be built back up. Um, I don't think we can really count on much, if any, fantasy value from Yariel Rodriguez in 2024. Uh, There's also not, at least shouldn't be, a rotation spot available to him, at least not initially. That's assuming Alec Manoa comes back and is at least a shell of his former self. Um. But, yeah, um, Yariel Rodriguez, interesting kind of long-term play, but 2024, I'm not sure there's much fantasy relevance there. Um, 
Uh, one more kind of smaller signing that I actually think could have a little fantasy impact is John Brebbia signed a one-year deal with the White Sox. Um, Brebbia has been a pretty good reliever over the last several years. He missed some time with, with Tommy John surgery, uh, but it's more of the situation like the White Sox have Gregory, Gregory Santos is coming back from elbow surgery Sounds like he's not going to be ready at the start of spring training. Whether he'll be ready at the start of the regular season seems to be determined. So he's, his status is up in the air. Uh, Garrett Crochet, another guy who theoretically could have been in the mix for saves. Uh, the White Sox revealed that they're planning to stretch him out to start. So it sounds like... Um, I mean, Brebbia might be the most experienced solid reliever in that bullpen at the start of the season. So that right there could make, could mean he's in the mix for saves. Um, he doesn't have your prototypical say, uh, closer repertoire. But as, as I mentioned, pretty good numbers he's put up during his career. Um, and I think at least in a deep league setting, He's worth a late round dart throw at this point. Uh, we will get to your American League Central overrated and underrated players in just a second. But first, we'll do a very quick commercial break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, now let's dive into the AL Central overrated and underrated players. We'll go team by team. I'll give you... One player I think is a little overrated for fantasy. One player is a little underrated for fantasy. Some teams I also also threw in some some bonus players that I'll do kind of quick hits on those guys as well. First, we will start with the Guardians, and for underrated, I'm going to go with Tristan McKenzie. Limited to just four starts in 2023, but. Looks like he's going to be healthy and headed into spring training. He mentioned recently at the Guardians uh, kind of fan fest event that he's been throwing without issue this offseason and kind of throwing a little more than normal just because he was kind of trying to make up for lost time. Um, anytime you're coming back from uh, shoulder and elbow issues, obviously that's a major red flag. And I'm not going to pretend that that's not the case with McKenzie, but 
because of those worries, his NFBC ADP right now is sitting at 235. That's That means in your standard mixed league drafts, he's not even getting drafted in some of them. So I think as far as a late round dart throw, I think he's certainly viable. Um, just hoping that he's able to stay healthy. I mean, if you look just back to 2022, he had a 296 ERA, 0.95 whip, and 190 to 44 strikeout to walk rate over 191 and a third innings. Um, you know, McKenzie's a very, very slightly built guy. I don't know if he's built to handle a workload year after year, and he may very well break down, but given where he's going in fantasy drafts right now, I think he's a very viable option. For my overrated, I'm going to go with Emmanuel Class A. Um, he has led Major League Baseball in saves each of the last two seasons, but he did show some signs of decline last year. We saw his ERA go from 136 up to 322. Whip went from 0.73 up to 116. Strikeout rate from 28.4% down to 21.2%. I mean, the velocity was there, but he just wasn't nearly the dominant reliever that we've come accustomed to seeing. And I also find it interesting that we've seen his name pop up in trade rumors this offseason. I mean, the Guardians, as we all know, are an organization that doesn't like to spend much money. And Emmanuel Classe is under contract very, very cheaply for several years. So the fact that they might be entertaining trade offers for him, I th- it, that throws up a little bit of a warning sign for me. Um, I think they might be a little bit worried about him. Um, you know, I, odds are he's probably going to be fine and be one of the better relievers in baseball again. Um, like I said, his velocity was fine, but I think there were enough warning signs and the fact that he's popping up in trade rumors makes me worry just a little bit. And with an NFBC ADP right now of 49, that's just not a price I'm going to pay. Moving on to the Royals. Vinny P, baby. Vinny Pasquantino. So last season, I think basically everybody was predicting a, a breakout for Vinny Pasquantino. And if you go back through May 10th of last year, looked like he was well on his way to doing that. He was hitting 298, 383, 539. And then over the next month, completely cratered 167, 227, 278. Then he had season ending shoulder surgery to repair a torn labrum. Scary surgery, without a doubt. But Vinny. Pasquantino said as of December, he is full go, shouldn't have any restrictions in spring training. And, you know, provided he is healthy, which I realize we're coming back from major surgery here. We can't be certain that that's going to be the case. But if he is 100%, I have zero concerns about his ability to be an impact fantasy first baseman. 2022, he batted. 295, 383, 450, 
He's got a career 10.8% walk rate and just an 11.6 strikeout rate along with 43.8% hard hit rate. So, I mean, his ability to draw walks, avoid strikeouts, and hit the ball hard for a power hitter is extremely rare. Um, He might fall a little short even at 100% 100 health as far as like the big boppers at the position. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to hit 40 home runs. Uh, His ballpark has a little bit to do with that too. And the supporting cast in Kansas City, not great. But given, you know, full health from Vinny Pasquantino, I think 30-plus home runs, a good batting average. And obviously he's not going to offer speed, so he's not a perfect fantasy option in that regard, but I think there's going to be great four-category potential. And the ADP in early NFBC drafts is sitting at 171. Uh, This is a guy who a year ago at this time was being picked within the top 100 picks. So a little bit of a, a dice roll with the health situation, but I think as long as he is healthy, um, I think he's going to be a monster this season. Um, got a comment real quick here from Jason Jablonski asking, what do you think of Chapman with the Pirates? Yeah, I saw uh, – some news it looked like was breaking around this Chapman signed with the Pirates just before I I went on. Um, it's interesting because I, I thought uh, he might want to hold out for a closer job. Obviously, he's not going to get that with David Bednar. Um, but Chapman, you know, I look at it as kind of a similar situation as last year when he started out with the Royals. Um, he's going to be in a Probably a setup role to start, um, but is he eventually traded to a contender? Is David Bednar eventually traded to a contender? Uh, Chapman, you know, a little shaky towards the end of the season, and his control is just completely terrible the last couple of years, but still one of the elite guys in terms of velocity and strikeouts, so I think he can still be a really good reliever. Um but he's more of a, uh, at least initially, because he's not going to be getting those save chances. I think he's a, a deep league option more than a your standard mixed league play. Um, moving on to my overrated with the Royals. And this one is, I had trouble picking one, honestly. And I'm going with Bobby Witt only because he's currently the, number two overall player based on ADP and NFBC drafts. And I think it's perfectly viable. Um, I have, I'm really not concerned at all about wit from a performance standpoint. The only reason I picked him here, and again, I kind of had trouble picking an overrated based on ADP with the Royals. So that that's why I went with, with Bobby Witt. I just, would prefer to pick an outfielder there at the second spot. Especially if I'm in a five outfielder league. Um, it just, that outfielder, outfielder pool just dries up like shockingly quickly. Um, 
And if you have Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt, could throw Corbin Carroll into the mix, maybe Mookie Betts. If you have those guys all ranked similarly, I would lean towards taking an outfielder. Again, I think Bobby Witt is a top five fantasy talent. The only reason I have him here is I just would prefer to use that pick on an outfielder given the state of the rest of the position. Moving on to the Tigers. Underrated, I'm going to go with Parker Meadows. Uh, His rookie season last year, if you combine his numbers between Triple A Toledo and the big leagues. He had 22 home runs, 27 stolen bases. Also had an 11.7 walk rate in the majors. Locked into an everyday role. Um, looks like he's going to be their center fielder. And <coughs> excuse me, unlike a lot of young hitters, young left-handed hitters, he's actually pretty darn good against left-handed pitching. Um, the sample size at the major league level was very small, but he was his numbers in the minors at Toledo fared quite well against lefties. Um, after he was promoted, he his days off were against lefties typically, but he they pretty much played him every day. I think that's what they're planning to do, at least initially in 2024. Um, Jason here is asking if, if Parker Meadows is going to bat lead off. I, I would not count on that happening. I, I would guess that he's going to be more towards the bottom of the batting order. He's not a perfect fantasy option. Um, strikeouts are an issue. I, and because he hits the ball in the air a lot and plays at Comerica Park, I think he's going to be a major batting average risk. I mean, even at Toledo, he I think he only hit 250-something maybe. Um, so I think he's a, definitely a major risk from a batting average perspective. But current NFBC ADP is at 292. So going undrafted in your standard 12-team league, if you're looking at him as a potential deep league option, I think he's more than solid from a as a power speed uh, power speed potential guy. Moving over to overrated for the Tigers, I feel like I'm going to get catch some backlash here, but I'm going to go with Tarek Skubal. Um, I am as intrigued as <laughs> you know. Basically anybody from with Tarek Skubal, what he did at the end of, of last season. Final six starts, 1.25 ERA, 0.67 whip, and a 52-6 to six strikeout to walk rate over 36 innings. Just absolutely dominant. Changeup turned into an out pitch for him. He's also kind of sneakily gone from an extreme fly ball pitcher to – a ground ball pitcher his ground ball rate was up over 50% last year. So, I mean, he used to be a guy who gave up home runs by the truckload and now he's more of an asset in that regard. So that's encouraging, but I'm looking at the, his NFB, NFBC ADP currently sitting at 52. That's, 
quite high. Um, I, I also want to keep in mind his schedule down the stretch when he had that dominant run was incredibly easy. Um, I mean, he is still in the AL Central, so he's going to get those teams a lot that week hitting division. But remember, we have the balance schedule now, so he's not going to get him as often as he would have a couple years ago. And we also saw Scoobles' velocity up last year. Will he be able to carry that over into 2024? Um, not sure on that. Also not quite certain about his health situation. I mean, he had flexor tendon surgery and came back from that, obviously, with, with no issues. But we have seen in the past a guy have flexor tendon surgery, and eventually he's going to need – eventually they require Tommy John surgery. I, I, that's not a – Definite, certainly. Um, but you look at Robbie Ray, I believe they initially said that that was a flexor tendon injury. He wound up needing Tommy John. Plenty of examples of that over the years. There are also examples when they have flexor tendon surgery and their their UCL winds up being fine. Um, so that's certainly no slam dunk with Tarek School, but I think I, I do, do want to keep that health risk at least in the back of my mind. Um, also from a workload perspective, he's just not going to be able to handle get 90 something innings last year, not going to be able to handle a huge workload. And if you're going to use a top 50 ish pick, I want a little more workload assurance there. So I think the, and the supporting cast, um, but particularly since that workload is probably not going to be huge, could affect his win outlook his wins outlook as well. Um, so plenty intrigued by the, by the upside of Tarek Scoobl. It's impossible not to be. Uh, but I think his ADP is a little, little rich for my blood. Moving on to the twins. I had a hard time picking an underrated person from the twins because I actually have a lot of guys that I like as underrated options. Um, but I wound up going with Matt Walner. Uh, 91.9 miles per hour average exit velocity with Walner last year, 48.1% hard hit rate, 18.8% barrel rate, just a huge number. He's a fly ball hitter. He's a pull hitter. I think he's got 30, maybe even a best case scenario, 40 home run potential at some point in his peak years. Not, not a perfect option because he, I think he's going to be an average risk. I think he's going to be a platoon risk. Um, but even if he starts just against righties for the most part, I think he's, he's just got massive, massive raw power really like Matt Walner at an NFBC ADP of 317, which is just crazy to me quickly. I want to go over some other twins guys who I like at their current ADPs. Uh, Edward Julian, Big fan of his. Strikes out a little too much, but power legitimate. He's got some of the best on-base skills in baseball already. Uh, Bailey Ober, also like where he's been going ADP-wise. Um, 
he's not going to be a workhorse, but I think from a innings perspective, from a like a per inning basis, he's going to give you a lot of juice at his ADP where he's been going. Carlos Correa is, I think, going outside the top 250 right now. Look, I, I get it. He had a, a terrible 2023 season while battling through plantar fasciitis. Uh, and that's an injury that can continue to nag at a player. But I just think the upside with him um, at that price is just kind of ridiculous that he's going that that late. And one more twin. Byron Buxton is going outside the top 270. Like I I, I get it, obviously. But, you know, this is a guy we were – everybody loves the, the breakout potential with Buxton. I know if he can stay healthy, he's never stayed healthy. But when you're talking about – and also this year he's going to go into the year with – Utility eligibility only, but it sounds like they plan to play him in center field. So he should pick up that outfield eligibility in pretty short order. Uh, I, I just think it's just massive upside still with where you would use a draft pick on Buxton. Um, I don't know that he's going to be this huge speed threat. We thought he was going to be at one point in his career. I think they probably wisely probably going to tell him to kind of pump the brakes on that, but still from a power perspective, just massive potential with a pick outside the top 270. Moving on to overrated. I'm going to go with Joe Ryan. Not great down the stretch last year, last 14 starts. He had a six, six, two ERA gave up 3.2 home runs for nine innings. Hard hit rate year over year went from 35.4% up to 41.6%. Average exit velocity from 88.2 miles per hour up to 90 miles per hour. And just speaking of his fastball, which is his kind of his bread and butter pitch, that was at 91.5 miles per hour average exit velocity. And I worry that if hitters are kind of starting to figure out that kind of it's kind of a tricky fastball, he's never thrown hard. Um, he's got that kind of low release point and it has, has that kind of rise effect with the fastball up in the zone. But if the opposition has figured that out to a certain degree, I mean, he, he doesn't have a ton else to fall back on. Um, I mean, the guy struck out 11 per nine, it, last year with a just a minuscule walk rate. So that's going to be enticing in and of itself. But I do think there's the potential for some regression from Joe Ryan. And he's sitting on an ADP inside the top 100. I just think that's a little too high for him. Moving on to the White Sox, our final team in the AL Central. I'm going to go with Eloy Jimenez for the underrated. I mean, he is also like Buxton going to be utility only. If you go by that 20 game threshold for eligibility and while that is a detriment, certainly I think it's a good thing because the White Sox 
it seems like are finally resisting the urge to ever play him in the outfield again. He can't seem to go five innings playing the outfield without getting hurt. He's also just an absolutely atrocious defensive outfielder. So I expect him to be a full-time designated hitter in 2024. And I think that could do hopefully wonders for him staying healthy. Um, he played in 120 games in 2023. That was easily his most since his rookie season. Only had a 758 OPS with 18 home runs. However, hard hit rate was at 46.8%, 90.9 average exit velocity, just a 19% strikeout rate. The ability to hit the ball that hard and keep the strikeouts down is a pretty rare thing. There is some worry with Jimenez because he hits the ball on the ground quite a bit. Um, and obviously he's not going to have a great supporting cast. But he, we have seen his name pop up in trade rumors. Uh, it seems like that has died down. I, I, I wouldn't expect a trade prior to opening day. But maybe during the season if he gets off to a good start and draws, draws some trade interest. Um, I still think Aloy Jimenez – might have that 300 average 40 home run season at some point. Um, is that in 2024? I'm not betting on it, but NFBC ADP sitting at 215, I'd be more than happy to take the plunge at that rate. Um, also got a bonus for you with the White Sox as far as underrated goes. And this is a complete shot in the dark dart throw admittedly, but Eric Fetty is going undrafted in basically all but the deepest of leagues. And for pretty good reason, because during his time with the nationals, he was not good at all, but went over to Korea, reinvented himself and his numbers in Korea were just absolutely bonkers. He won the, the Korean equivalent of, I believe the Cy Young and MVP. And it's always tough to know how to translate those numbers back to the States. And we have seen guys struggle in the majors and go over to overseas and have a lot more success. And But not to that level that Eric Fetty did. Um, and I think just as a complete, as I mentioned, late round shot in the dark, dart throw, I like him as a as a late late round fantasy option. And finishing out with my overrated with the White Sox, I'm going to go with Luis Robert. 145 games in 2023 from a guy who had never reached 100 games played previously. Can we count on him staying healthy? I don't think we can whatsoever. Um hope I'm wrong. Love watching Luis Robert play, but I think he's going to be a major health risk. He's also just risky from a profile standpoint, 28.9% strikeout rate, just a 5% walk rate. Plate discipline has always been absolutely atrocious. It was last year as well, though, and he had that kind of, kind of season. So maybe he can do it again, but 
there's always risk in that kind of profile that they could go through extended droughts and terrible supporting cast. I mean, he look at just look at last season. He had 38 home runs, but only 80 RBIs. Um, that's not really his fault, um, but just reality of the situation. The White Sox are in a rebuilding mode. Their lineup, I think, could be even worse this year. And, you know, if Luis Robert has managed to stay healthy for 140 games again, could he give you a lot of home runs and a good number of stolen bases? I think he absolutely could. But major health risk and bad, bad supporting cast. Uh, And that is enough for me to be scared with an ADP and NFBC drafts of 29. I mean, you can get guys like Gunnar Henderson, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Michael Harris, Jose Altuve, all going after Luis Robert. It's just not a pick I want to make that early in the draft. Um, Again, love the player. Hope he stays healthy. But I don't think he can count on it in fantasy leagues. And with that, we will wrap it up. I appreciate you guys tuning in this week. Uh, Chris will be back with me again next week. Uh, in the meantime, you know, you see it for those of you watching on the live stream, rotowire.com slash pod, look, free look behind our play wall. Um, check out our draft kit stuff. It's, it's up and running, adding new stuff all the time. Tweaking, adding projections, all that stuff, and we'll continue to add and add to that just glorious draft kit. So please check that out at rotowire.com. And you can always ask me questions if you have them on Twitter or whatever they're calling that website, at Ryan P. Boyer. Until then, we'll see you next week. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.